0: Hey, what's up? My name is Jason. I'm the pastor of Church in the Wild. Thank you for joining us in the wild where we have sermons, conversations, interests, all the things that make us who we are. Thanks for jumping on here. You matter. All right. Welcome to Church in the Wild. My name's Jason. I get to be the pastor here. Thank you for choosing worship to worship with us today. Let's all clap for ourselves because it's been three years this week since we launched Man, I'm I'm so excited about what God is doing and has done, um, kind of thinking back on three years ago, we were facing the complete opposite direction, and I lost my voice like five minutes into the sermon, and uh, Cassandra had to come bring me up a cup of water just so I could finish. People were like, don't bring it, just let him, let him die, <laughs> they're up there, um, and um, I'm going to read a verse for you, Acts chapter 20, Acts chapter 20, verse 7. There is one part of this that I promise I will not do. If you read it, you might get an idea of what it might be. Acts chapter 20, verse 7, on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, which we will do after the service outside, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day. And Look at this. He prolonged his speech until midnight. I think the longest I've ever preached is still 1215. OK, so don't worry about midnight. Don't worry about that. We're not going to be here till midnight. I know people are like, you got till 12. Paul was like, which 12? Midnight? Or <laughs> And he took advantage of that. I, I was thinking about today. Have you ever been to a place where you were like, it's good to be here? I went to a football game a long time ago in a land far, far away. My dad, my uncle, my brother, and I went to the Pontiac Silverdome in Detroit. Yes, thank you, thank you, on a Thursday night. And Barry Sanders had an 80-yard touchdown run. And it was really cool to watch because he had an 80-yard touchdown run. They had called holding on the Lions. And they brought it back, so he just went ahead and did an 85-yard touchdown run on the very next play. And I was like, man, it is good to be here. It was fun to be there. This summer, we went to the uh, Tetons. And I sat on a rock at Jenny Lake and looked at the lake and looked at the mountains. And I just thought, man, it's good to be here. It's just good to be here. Last summer, my wife and I uh, went to Sedona, Arizona, We arrived in Scottsdale, we went and had brunch at this place called Schmooze, I hope I'm saying it right, Um, they had avocado, egg, Toast? Come on, somebody. Somebody good with that? Okay, all right, okay. And they put hot sauce on it. Anybody good with hot sauce? Okay, all right. And they had a cup of coffee, and my wife is sitting there, and I'm like in love with her, and it's beautiful, and Arizona's beautiful, and she's beautiful, and avocado egg toast is beautiful, and we all know coffee is beautiful, and I was like, it is good to be here. Earlier today, when all those kids, it was my daughter who was distracting during the prayer. You know, pastor's kids, you know how they are. Earlier today, when the kids came up, I thought, man, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. Have you ever thought about why it's good to be at church? You ever considered like, hey, we know pastors get up and they say, go to church, come to church. But why? Because it's good for us to be at church. But why is it good for us to be at church? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Can I get an amen on that? He who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, it is good to be here. Why is it good to be here? Because I think when we're here, we encounter the presence of God. We encounter the presence of God. I remember um, just a couple weeks ago, I was worn out. We had gone on like three straight trips. We would fly in. I would preach. I felt like as soon as I preached, we would fly out on another one. I was exhausted. I was worn out. I came in. I might have had a bad attitude. I know pastors aren't supposed to. And someone greeted me on the way in. Someone prayed for me on the way in. Then they started doing worship. And I started thinking, it's good to be here. The worship moved me into the presence of God. And all of a sudden, it wasn't people around me. It wasn't about my seed. It wasn't about the person up here. It was me and the Holy Spirit at the throne of our Creator. And I was like, I'm experiencing the presence of God. I remember... uh, It seems like yesterday, sitting on my couch trying to get my stinking sermon to upload live so that people sitting on their couches could get it to work. And then I would have to go on Facebook Live because it would crash. And and, and like, man, I was not encountering the presence of God the third time Facebook crashed on me. It is good to be here because we encounter the presence of God. When two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And when we worship together, we experience his presence, his overwhelming, wonderful presence, this, this peace that passes understanding. You ever had something on your life going on and you just knew, man, if I just get to church, I'm going to be all right. That's peace that passes understanding. That's the Holy Spirit and his presence, and it is him filling you. But secondly, when we are here, we experience the power of God. Think about Paul in Acts chapter 20. Paul is like traveling everywhere. He's super busy. He's one of the greatest theological minds of his day and our day. And the Bible points out that, hey, that on the first day of the week he was in church. Think about that. The man wrote half the New Testament. If there's somebody who didn't need to go to church, it would have been him. If there was somebody who didn't have time to go to church, it would have been him. Yet, Paul spends an entire day. He's getting ready to go on another mission trip, and he's like, Hey, y'all, I got to be with you, and we're going to worship, and I'm going to preach, and we're going to do this all day because it's good to be here because we get to experience miracles. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 43. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. We serve a God who is alive. He's alive, and He is working, and He is moving, and He performs miracles regularly every week. When you look for them, you see a miracle. Now, truthfully, if you come in yawning and checking your phone and upset about the game yesterday or worried about the upcoming game, you might miss one every now and then. But if you're not here, you will certainly miss them. If you um, think about the miracle that a visitor is, a visitor, think about how God created time and space. Then he created the universe, and he created the earth, and he created mankind. And in all of that time, he worked and he moved and he adjusted things and he changed things so that someday a visitor could walk through the door of a jazzercise sized building into a church. That's a miracle. It's a miracle when it happens one time. If one visitor walks through the door of a church, it is a miracle. God literally had to rend time and space, and he had to give them free will, but encourage them to walk in the door. It's a miracle when he does it one time. But look at this. Since January at Church in the Wild, we have had 178 of those miracles. 178 first time visitors in a jazzer-sized building in Westerville where church plans go to die. That's what they told. Oh, you can't go to Westerville. No one makes it in Westerville. Still standing. Come on. We reopened on Father's Day of last year. It was like a hundred degrees. I was grumpy, we had the doors open, we had kids running everywhere, we had, we had like worse, like one curtain up, we had all this chaos, and since then, 223 visitors have come to this church. That's a miracle of God. It's a miracle. But, think about this, the average of someone visiting once and returning two and then three times is 6%. That's a, that's a national average. Usually someone comes to your church and 6% of the time they decide to visit again. We have had 53 second and third time visitors in that same amount of time. That means a third, roughly, of our visitors return to Church in the Wild. That is a miracle. It is an absolute miracle. That anyone chooses to return to listen to some guy cry up here in a jean jacket is a miracle. And complain about how he's a Lions fan is a miracle. It's a miracle that we got a we got a buckeye, we got a Spartan, we got a Wolverine all on the stage. We're all crying about different things, all at the same time, and people are like, I'm coming back to that. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Think about every person who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I mean we we weigh things so flippantly. Oh, someone got saved, cool. Cool? Oh yeah, they just chose eternity in heaven over eternity in hell. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's a great thing. They just chose to follow Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a big deal. There has been 11 converts. Since the beginning of this year. 11 people. We can clap for that. There's been 18 since last June and 175 since our first Saturday night service. hundred and seventy-five people have said, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. That's a miracle. That is a miracle. When you're here and you see it, it's good for you. When you're here and you realize, man, this person, I invited this person and they came and during the middle of the man, they decided to pray or they decided to join Next Steps and in in Next Steps they decided to get baptized, that's a miracle. Think about every baptism as a miracle. Because truthfully, it's a little bit easier to like, okay, I accept Jesus, okay, yep, than it is to say, hey, I'm going to get dunked by this crazy guy in a river, Or in a horse trough that they bring up here on this stage full of water. That's a miracle. But of the 11 salvations, nine people were baptized this year. Nine. (laughs) We've had 16 since last June, 25 since launch, and 28 since we started doing services. Now hear this. The Ohio average church, the average church in Ohio, including the churches of thousands, they average two. 0.6 Point 0.6 baptisms a year. We had nine this year. Nine. God is working, He is performing miracles, and when you are here, you see Him do it. Every new leader. Who says, hey, you know what, I'm going to step up. I'm going to go from uh, something that we'll talk about in just a second, which is next steps. I'm going to go from next steps to I'm going to start serving to, you know what, I'm going to lead a team or I'm going to lead a group. We have had five new leaders this year plugged in. Man, that's good. That's good. Every new leader, every new volunteer. Come on. If you do set up, every new volunteer is good. Come on. And they're all miracles they're all miracles. I think back to last June when we had we uh, we had me singing. Amen! It's a miracle that somebody else up here was singing today. I'm like, can we sing Country Roads? <laughs> like, that's the only one I know. <laughs> you guys know Nickelback? I mean, <laughs> I'm like, come on, what, what is, how old are you, man? Every new volunteer is a miracle. I think of, um, I, I think of Curtis who who visited and got baptized. He was our first baptism, and then was singing up here today. I think of Brandon who came last summer and was singing up here today. He came and other churches that told him like, no, no, we don't. We 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 got our singers, and we said to him, hey man, you matter because you matter here. You matter more than than how young or cool or whatever it is that other churches decide you need to be in order to be allowed to serve. I don't understand that. You just matter here. So he's up here singing. We got people running cameras who came from other countries, and God brought them here. We got people playing keyboards who come from other countries, and God brought them randomly to church in the wild. They're miracles. Anyone who says, God, I want to be used by you and I want to serve you is a miracle. They're a miracle. We're going to do something right now. This is a bit different than how we normally do this, but uh, we are going to graduate those people who have done base camp in July, August, or in September. We are going to graduate them right now. They're going to come up here with me on this stage, and we're going to graduate them to welcome the new volunteers the new members so if you're thinking hey I think this is me it's you you can come on up their stairs right over here so we're going to ask them to come up here we're going to graduate them and then we're going to do something really cool after that once they get up we'll show you something else that's really cool but we have in the last couple of months new volunteers new people new members coming new, new people saying hey I'm all about this mission of church in the wild I'm in it I'm on it, and I want to be a part, so they go to something called base camp, where we say, hey, you got to go through three weeks. We need to know you're saved. We need to know your testimony. We need to know you're baptized, or else we need to baptize you. We need to know this. We need to, you need to take a test. You need to do all these things, and these people have said, hey, we'll do that in the middle of the summer. Come on. Let's give them a round of applause. This is amazing, but then I want to show you something if you have gone through base camp since last June, I want you to come up and stand right up here in front because I'm afraid we'll break the stage if we all get up here. So since last June, if you've gone through base camp, that means if you're volunteering or anything like that, would you please come up? If you've gone through base camp. And now we're going to do this. If you've ever gone through base camp, If you've ever done our Next Steps program before we gave it cool names, would you come up and join them as well? I want us to think about this for just a second. If a first-time visitor is a miracle... I mean, if they're really truly a miracle from God that someone says on a Sunday morning, I'm going to go to a size building to attend a church. If that's truly a miracle, then a second and a third time visitor is definitely a miracle. And then someone who says, not only will I do that, but you know what I want to do? I, I'm going to go through next steps and I'm going I'm to become a part of this church is truly an absolute miracle. Because they're not here because of me. They're not here because I'm a great speaker. They're not here because I'm cool. You'll find out I'm a nerd. They're not, they're not cool. They're not here because we do something like extra special. They're here because God drew them and moved them, and he moved mountains so that we could serve together. So let's give it a round of applause for all these miracles. You guys can be seated. we have new miracles happening all the time and it's why it's good to be here because sometimes if you come and you're like well i got my head down and i just got to get through this and or you know i didn't i'm i'm not you know i don't, just i don't have time you miss you miss seeing the miracles walk in and i'm telling you you will think of church differently when you think of every person as a gift from God when every person who walks through the door is a miracle church becomes really exciting really exciting I don't know. It may be me because like a couple years ago, I was thinking like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm not sure if I can do this. I don't know. Will anyone ever show up if I speak? Will anyone ever come to a church? I mean, I don't want to wear fancy clothes and I don't want to pretend I'm religious. If I'm not, I don't want to do those things. I don't know if anyone will ever come. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's like, man, when I see someone walk in and I see people in our groups. Yesterday, we, we, um, We spoke to 18 people in a CrossFit gym who were working out, and then we preached and prayed with them. And at the same time, there were nine men in another room praying and discussing the Bible together. Those are miracles. And every new group, every new team, every new area is a miracle. Uh, We're starting something that I'm really excited about. Our strategy, our plan, for Church in the Wild is building from the ground up. That's the plan. So we started with Kids Church, and we brought in a Kids Church leader, and we started working in Kids Church, and now what we've encountered is like, hey, last year we had one kid who was 12. Now we have a lot of kids who are 12, and we're about to have a bunch more. So we are starting soon. This is the official announcement for this, that we are starting a small group for middle schoolers. And this middle school small group, you can clap for that. They will meet on Sunday mornings in here. They will come in and do worship. We will worship together, and then when the video starts, they will go into the next room, and there are people who will pour into them in a small group setting so they can minister to them and build with them from the ground up. This is exciting. This is something that we need. This is something I thought would happen a year from now. In my little timeline that I put down, hey, at year four, year five, we'll start a, small, a middle school thing. And God's like, no, you won't. You're going to start it now. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. But then secondly, or lastly, sorry, when we gather, we are reminded that we are not alone. We're not alone. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, that we are to encourage one another. Exhort one another so much the more. Everyone needs encouragement. Think about this right now. Half of Americans right now report that they feel alone. 43% of Americans feel like the relationships that they have are not meaningful. Millennials increasingly feel isolated. A third of them do believe that someone believes in them, but 43% of them say that those relationships don't matter people feel alone. Some of you feel like this. Loneliness occurs when you do not have a shared purpose with other people or groups. Loneliness is not just sitting on your couch and having no one to text. That's not loneliness. That's just life. Loneliness is the sense that we are not sharing something that matters together. See, we can be in a room full of people and feel lonely. I've been there. I've been in huge churches and thought, I, don't, I, I feel so lonely. I've been in small churches and thought, I feel so lonely. I've been in medium sized, I've been in rooms of people and thought, man, I feel lonely right now. Why? Not because there wasn't people, but because we didn't have a shared purpose. When I was, um, we were doing the Sunday mornings online, I cannot tell you how lonely I felt. Watching online, sitting on the couch like, man, I'm so lonely because there wasn't a shared purpose. And church is the greatest shared purpose in the world. It's the greatest shared purpose in the world. We get to work together to share Jesus, his gospel, and his word with other people, and we get to do it together. We don't have to do it alone. And the truth is that a lot of people do feel lonely. Every family needs help. Every marriage needs help. Every one of us needs to grow. If you go to a group and someone tells you, yeah, I have a perfect marriage, they are lying through their teeth. We all feel lonely at times, and we all need help. We all need someone to care for us, and we need to care for others. So, uh, recently there's been a lot of studies on this. Duke University, Cam, I promise, I promised Cam I would not mention Duke University. It's like a swear word to him, so I, I did, anyways, just to mess with him. Uh, Duke University, Barna, Pew Research, there's been a lot of recent studies on what good does it actually do you to go to church. And they found this out. They found out that 33, there is a 33% chance that if you attend church regularly, you will live longer. There is less stress. People who attend church regularly, experience less stress in their life and have improved mental health. Their mental and their physical health drastically improves. Um, there is increased listen to this, this is amazing to me people who regularly attend church have increased cardiovascular health. It is not able to be explained why, but people and you know, that is a miracle, because if you've met Christians, we eat terrible. We eat terrible. Like, how many times have you heard a pastor talk about your body's a temple and I'm going to Bob Evans? Like, come on, man. Come on. That's a hypocrite right there. <laughs> you know, hey, don't drink, but I'm about to eat this pound of mashed potatoes. What? <laughs> your your cardiovascular health improves. Not only that, but this was truly fascinating. Your immune system dramatically gets better when you regularly attend a church service. And the reason they found this out was because some of these colleges did studies to prove that church was not essential. And then they found out, oh, actually, church is essential because when you gather in church, your immune system actually improves. They reported that there is Im- in- improved sleep patterns. Some of you right now are proving that. <laughs> like, yeah, I go, I get a nap every Sunday from 11 to 11.30. Men, if there's nothing else you hear in this entire sermon, if you are a married man, this point is for you. Couples who regularly attend church have a better and more satisfying physical love life. All right? So, men, if you heard nothing else, it's good to be here. The truth is, church does not hide us from issues, but it does help us handle them better. It does help us handle the issues we face better. Listen, last Sunday... I preached the hardest sermon I've ever preached about how two years ago I was on this certain medicine and it it affected me mentally to the point where I was like considering things that were very dark and I I stopped taking it and I'm like, what on earth happened to me? Where was I? What was going on? Church does not hide you from problems. It doesn't hide you from problems. We have people who are not here today because they texted me, hey, I can't come to church because I've got this or I'm going through this or I'm experiencing this. Church does not hide your problems, but it does help you handle them better. What we do in life, I think, is we we try to suppress the trauma that we experience, and we try to just keep grinding, just keep my head down and keep grinding. But What we often do is we get so busy, and we tell ourselves that these things that are making us busy are so important that, well, we just don't have time for church anymore. But Paul, one of the busiest guys on the planet with the most important work in the planet, found time in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, to spend an entire day preaching on the first day of the week. When you get to the point that you don't have time for God, you are pushing yourself too hard and headed towards future pain. When you get to the point where you say, you know what, I just don't have time to go to church. I ain't got time to pray. I ain't got time to read the scripture. I ain't got time to go to group. I don't have time for that. You are trying to suppress pain by grinding and keeping your head down, and you are heading towards future pain by pushing yourself to hard. It is good to be here. It's good to be here. So what about you? Worship team is going to come up. They're going to sing in just a minute. Um, I'm gonna. I was told that during that last song, we're gonna ask you to remain seated because they've got a video and so they want that to happen. Um, but they're gonna come up and get ready. But what about you? Is it good to be here for you? Do you come in with your head down and uh, on your phone halfway through the service? And, uh, you know, just. Or you come in aware of the miracles around you? Are you aware? I think about, I know people hate this when I do this, they hate this, but if they wanted me to do it, I probably wouldn't. I think about, I think about the first time I ever met Jeff and Heidi, Jeff told me that Jabril Peppers was overrated. That was the first thing he ever said to me. It, it is true. I, I was wearing a Michigan shirt, you were Michigan, yeah, Jabril Peppers is overrated. I was like, Todd, who's this guy? I think about the miracle of working out together with someone and then praying together with someone. And then they they come to the church that you're like, man, I don't know if anyone's going to come. And they show up and then they, they invite their son and he gets baptized. And then their son sings at the end of the service and closes the service in prayer. And they've helped people and they've guided people. And when we're not here, we don't see the miracles. The million little miracles. Those kids coming up here today, miracles, miracles. I prayed for hours and days and weeks for them kids to come up here someday in the future and sing and lead us in worship. They're miracles. Your children are miracles. The church is a miracle. You are miracles. And when we are here, we see that. And we encourage each other just by being in the presence of God together. Paul said, First day of the week, I'm going to be leaving tomorrow, but I'm going to be in church today. I got a lot to do, but I'm going to be in church. So I'm going to ask you to remain seated. I'm going to pray. We're going to worship together. There's a video that I think sums up what what I'm saying today. It's a video just full of miracles. But I'm going to ask you, maybe you need to accept Jesus Christ. Maybe, Maybe Jesus is what you need today. And you're like, man, I'm so glad that all those people accepted him. I need him. Give your life to him today. Surrender to him. I will pray with you after the service. I will answer questions. I will walk through that with you. Maybe it's, you know what, we're here, but we're not really here. And today we're committing as a family, we're going to be here. Maybe it's, I'm here, but I'm not really here. But I'm going to commit today to be here. Whatever that means, for some it might mean you come once a month because you only come once a year. For some it might mean you come twice a month because you come once a year. For some it might mean you come every week because you come twice a month. For some it might mean you volunteer, you serve, you jump in. I don't know what that means to you. I covered a lot of ground. But I'm going to ask you, if it's good to be here, what is he asking you to do here? What is that to you? I'm going to pray. We're going to worship together. Heavenly Father, Lord, it is good to be here. I, just, I, I think of, of Nick Bernanke playing guitar a miracle. I I think of of people on this stage as miracles and people who greeted as miracles. I think of Logan coming at 8 a.m. to set up as a miracle. I think of people who are gonna tear this down, people who have set food up and and bounce houses outside and run sound and lights and, and people who do all of these different things. I think of this building as a miracle. And you've performed a lot of miracles over the last year and I know that in the next three years, you're going to do even more. Help us to see the miracles and help us to be here because it is so good to be here. Lord, if there's anyone who needs you, I pray that they would trust you, they would accept you, and they would have the faith to talk to me about it today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can remain.